we are for tonight. We are asking ourselves, who is the Holy Spirit? I should give some insight into what how this, I don't want to say weird topics came about <laughs> that we've been discussing. Um, so uh, there is a series, there's a series of short, short books that um, a particular theologian by the name of R.C. Sproul wrote. Um, I think he called them crucial question series or something like that. Just short, short um, Bible-based questions and for which he was trying to reason out accessible theology. In other words, what almost any layman can understand, although I still find many of them really difficult to read. So maybe not everybody could access it as a thought. Um, but yeah, that those the, it was the title of those books that informed this series of topics that um, God used Antiano to compile for us to discuss. Okay, so that's what came about this um, topic. And I don't know how she distributed which topic for who, but when I found out I'm going to be talking about who is the Holy Spirit, I'm like, okay, that's, that sounds really interesting. So I'm going to start with a very interesting question, um, which I'm hoping we can get at least a couple of us to respond to. But before we talk about who is the Holy Spirit, I want to ask that, who is you? I know the correct grammar should be who are you, but I want to say who is who is you? Who is Victoria Madu? Who is Kingsley Madu BK? If someone comes and say, who are you? How would you answer that? Um, if, you have, if you feel confident enough to want to share that, go ahead and do so. Otherwise, I'm going to call names and just say, who are you? Who is the Offspring Project? Who is who is Yusuf? Who is Kobe? Who is Aro Price? Who is Ogenefe Otobrise? Okay, I know I've spoiled your name. <laughs> Forgive me. Who is Audu Beatrice? Who is Damilola Okonla? So who is Berlin the Cat? Who wants to go for it? Who is Taike or Taikende? I'm just assuming. Uh, Pastor, do you want us to answer it? Yes, I want. I actually you want, want you to. Answer. Or do you want us to answer spiritually? If if I'm meeting, okay, we've not met before, and I'm meeting you, and I'm saying I want to know you. What would you say to me? My name is Kingsley. Uh huh. Yes, that's it. Uh, okay. That's basically. your name. I, beyond your name, I want okay, to know you. I want right. us to be. I want to be able to say I know Kingsley. What would you say to me? Um, uh, Kingsley, uh, I'm trying not to be spiritual, but it's difficult to be honest because there are, there are sorry, there are some things coming to my mind. But my name is Kingsley, yeah. and probably I'm just going to tell you my career and what I do, you know, okay. and uh, it will stop there. But depend, depending on who we are, you know, and the level of our relationship, uh -huh. now warrant me to go in deeper. And I'm going to give an instance of what you need. If I now start talking about my value system okay. and then some of those things, and those are, a, those are characteristics of who I am. And one of the greatest value system I have, and one of the greatest gifts I have is the Holy Spirit that we are discussing. So, but I can't come the first time and just, you ask me, who am I? I'll start telling you, um, I'm a body that is written that the Holy Spirit is inside. So. I'll probably tell you my name and then tell you some things about me, my careers and my things. And then the more we know ourselves, 
You might talk about my value system and then go on and on. Yeah, that's interesting. Good. Um, Damila Lokwala, go for it. Unmute yourself and then go for it. Um, someone said okay. something in the chat. Okay, I'll keep an eye on that as well. Damila, go on. Okay. Um, good evening, everyone. So to the question, who am I? And if I'm meeting you for the first time, what I'm going to say is, okay, I am Damila Lokwala by name. Yeah. I am a believer. Uh -huh. which strongly believe in God. Uh -huh. I am a nurse by profession okay. and um, I am here on earth to fulfill a purpose which I have to do. And uh, I am into, then depending on, on maybe the time or the way I meet the person, then yeah. I can keep on talking and talking about myself but briefly. That's just the... A little bit of or let me say an overview of what my life entails that's brilliant thank you so much and thanks for volunteering to contribute i like that and now we we have actually practically gotten to know you a little more so that's beautiful <laughs> um victoria madu wrote in the question i mean in the chat mm -hmm. she said i would say i'm victoria a child of god a teacher by profession and a lover of music and stillness calmness i like that yeah, uh, who wants to give us yet another insight into who he or she is? Um, any other volunteers? T.O.P. Who, who is Titi Lope, or is it Titi Laya? I think it's Titi Lope. Titi Lope, yes. <laughs> uh, well. Oh gosh, <laughs> I'm trying not to police go. Okay, um, if you probably meet me, you probably yeah. meet me doing it, one of few things: singing, mm -hmm. talking, <laughs> playing. <laughs> so you already have a clue. So I'll just answer with this song. Mm. I know I am who God says I am. Mm. God says I am. Yeah. So, um, who is Titi? Titi. <sighs> who am I? <laughs> it's one of my favorite questions. <laughs> Well, my name is Titi. Uh, I can be hard to handle, <laughs> but I smile a lot. The first thing you see my when you meet me is at my teeth. If you understand, you <laughs> Yeah, uh, I love music. I love God. I always try to make everything I do in tune with that, but most. Um, especially i'm very passionate and i believe um in purpose yeah so that drives all i do mm. who i am who god says i am and the strength he has given me in my work with the holy spirit and god orders my life yeah that's be beautiful brilliant <clears throat> thank you very much um okay so basically if you notice and if anybody still wants to jump in feel free to do so uh, or you can use the chat thread as well. Uh, but the, the common thread, and the reason why I asked that question is to say sometimes to answer the question of identity in a sense, we result to talking about our roles and responsibilities um, beyond my name is so-and-so. Um, we get to know you not just by the reason of your name, but also <laughs> by the reason of what you do, your roles, your responsibilities, how those find expression. Um, and of course, necessarily the relationships that you have, the kind of people that you are a part of, your community, your support group, whether that is family, 
um, church, um, whatever, your career, um, colleagues, and things like that. So when we are trying to answer the, I dare say, unanswerable question of who is the Holy Spirit, because really, who are we to be asking who is the Holy Spirit? Um, uh, people that study theology, to some extent, feel at some point like we know God. Theology is the study of God, to put it uh, in a layman's language. But yet, we, the, the, in actual fact, you know that God is, practically speaking, unknowable. Um, to the extent to which he has revealed himself and given us the capacity and permission to comprehend what we comprehend, it is, that's, that's to the extent that we know him. But even at that, at least, it's, it's very interesting to, and perhaps very important to be able to answer amongst other questions about our relationship with God, the question of who is the Holy Spirit? Uh, when we talk of the Godhead, oftentimes we talk of the Godhead in terms of Trinity, which is, by the way, a term you will not find in the Bible. Uh, but <clears throat> the reality of what Trinity means is all over the place. Actually, let me make that another discussion question uh, and just throw it to us. What do you understand by Trinity? Because I think that's foundational to any other thing we want to say about the Holy Spirit. What do you understand by Trinity? Let me even stop sharing the screen so we can see our faces very well. <laughs> when I need to move on to the next slide, I'll share it again. So what's, what's, what's the Trinity? Who wants to? You don't have to be theologically correct or anything. You don't even have to quote the Bible verse. Share what you understand. And if you're able to corroborate it with any sources from the Bible or otherwise, feel free to do so. Still started to go for it. Okay. I'll just say in my, in my own personal relationship with the Trinity, um, I understand the Trinity to mean three persons in one God. Uh-huh. There's one God, but God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are like three persons or three personalities. So it's the same person, but manifesting in three ways. So God the Father is the almighty maker of heaven and earth and this and that. And then um, Jesus Christ is the son who came to die for us, who humbled himself, who submitted himself, even though he's God. He's 100% God and 100% man. Yep. Then the third person of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit. Um, and when Jesus was about to leave, um, you know, just to, to fulfill our salvation story, he said, I'm going to leave with you, um, a teacher, the paraclete, somebody that will make us understand all these mysteries that will reside inside of us. And that's the person of the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's, that's brilliant. Well spoken. Um, Beatrice, you were raising up your hand. Do you want to go for it if you still want to say something? Yeah. Yeah, she just said it all. That was just what I wanted to say. All right. All right. Um, I can see from, from the chat thread, uh, Tychus says Trinity encompasses God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Brilliant. Nato says three persons in one God. Brilliant. Kingsley, go on. Hi, Nato. Okay. Um, <laughs> you have to <laughs> <kill> yourself. <laughs> um, for Trinity, I I I agree with what Sister Titi said, you know. But I was studying the Bible one day, and then uh, I was doing my study sometime in January, and I I stumbled into this chat uh, verse about marriage. Hmm. The Bible says that for a man will leave his father and mother, and the book become one. 
And I understood that when God is looking at my family with um, um, Sister Nato, mm -hmm. that what God is seeing is one person. And I started asking myself, and I went to Revelation, I saw where they say that they saw the, the lamb that was slain came out and we all worshipped him. And then the father came and then they now worshipped him. So you now I began to ask myself with my natural mind, you know, or maybe with the Holy Spirit, but like I was just asking questions in my mind and yeah. trying to get answers. And then I now studied about covenant and blood covenant. So I see the Holy Spirit as three persons bound by covenant to be one. And that's why, the, um, how do I put this thing? How do I explain it? Now, because we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, uh -huh. we now have them bound as one. So whatever the mind of God is, is what the mind of the Spirit is, and is what the mind of, of Jesus is. And that's why when Jesus was going, he was praying for the Father, and then the Holy Spirit descended on him uh -huh. for he, uh, in, to help him out in his ministry. It's just the same way, like if like my wife is on the way now to the yeah. house. If my wife should ring me now and say, baby, I want you to help me come and escort me home. I'm literally going to leave this meeting and then rush to go and escort her home. And I've seen it as Jesus praying and asking for help. And then I'm coming to help. And yeah. that is that is the way I understand it, you know, uh, about Trinity. Growing up, I understood it as three and one, but sometimes it runs my, my brain. Like I'm like, how are three? It makes me difficult. Because when you're talking to somebody, the person is trying to say, okay, explain to me how three people are equal to one. It was difficult for me to explain. But this year, when I was digging deep and all those things, this was the revelation I got about it. And maybe, I don't know, I could be wrong, I could be right, but this is what I'm going for. And like I tell people, the most important thing is for us to make heaven. It's not about how, how correct you are in anything you do. But this is what I personally was able to um, was able to have the um, and, uh, the revelation I was able to get out of what it is all about. And since then, it has helped me when I'm studying the Bible and I see the Father said this, and the Son went and they said and God went to Abraham and had dinner with him. And I know who is the person that went to Abraham, and it helps me to understand it. So I, I believe it's more because heaven is more. Of, we do more of covenants in heaven as well, if you know. Things are done in threes, you know. Peter, James, and John, you know, like that, in threes as well, and something like that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Kingsley. Sorry, um, I do apologize, Kingsley. I missed your explanation, like the first part. Okay. So I say that, I say that when I was studying, and just like I said, I went to study about marriage. In Genesis, where God said, where God said, uh, uh, for two, two will live and they become one by covenant, they become one. So, meaning that when God is looking at me or uh, my family, he's looking at me myself, you know, he's seeing one person between me and NATO, who is my wife. Now, and um, what I'm trying to say is that now for Trinity, I see it as three persons that are bound in covenant to be one. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit bound to be in covenant by one. And that was what the understanding I have. So this is like the summary of what I say. So I don't take time. Okay. And yeah. Thank you. That's, that's it in a nutshell. And yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a 
possible metaphor to use for it, I would, I would pause on that and see if any other person wants to give us any other metaphors or analogies of what you could use to explain or depict the Trinity before I make one other comment, generally on whatever metaphors is it that we might want to use um, in that regard. Is there any other person that still wants to say something? If I says, um, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit, yeah. Um, Pray says, Trinity describes the unison of the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Spirit, just as First John 5 says. Um, okay, yeah, there's and then a couple of scriptures that are also there. Praises. I've also heard of the analogy of the sun. Do you want to unmute yourself and share that with us? The analogy of the sun with regards to the Trinity. I'm interested in what that looks like. All right. I don't know where I am. It's kind of noisy. That's why I didn't want to unmute. All right. So, um, for the analogy of this, um, excuse me, of the sun, someone was describing it as okay. You know, the sun as the sun that we know it. Then it emits. It and also it gives light. Mm -hmm. When you, when someone tries to describe the sun, might be describing the sun as like the sun as a body as a star. I think they talk of it as a star or something yeah. like the sun as the sun. Then you can also talk of the sun as sunlight. Mm -hmm. It gives light, and someone can also be talking of the sun as the heat it emits. So just seeing it as one, the All sun right. is the sun, but it's also the light it gives, and it's also the heat it emits. So that's, that's another analogy. Thank you very much. That's lovely. Um, Pastor, sorry, can I just chip in something? Please? Sure. Quickly. Um, as I said before, when I was ending my statement, Trinity, everything in life is Trinity. And like Prince said, this is exactly what I'm trying to do, just to buttress what you have said and put some light on it. Everything in life is Trinity. And from uh, 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 water, mm -hmm. water is Trinity. We have the, the um, gaseous, we've got the liquid, and then we have the solid. The same way we have, um, like what, what examples can I give? Everything, literally every, everything in this life is based on Trinity, you know? And you can have a gaseous uh, water, gaseous. <laughs> uh, so you can have that show. So you see that thing I was saying now. I will leave the meeting. Because, sorry, I'll, I'll come back. I actually I thought you were going to leave. Yeah, no, man. <laughs> One second, sorry guys. Um, just, that's okay. Uh, that's okay. Um, um, while while Kingsley goes to open the door for me for NATO. <laughs> um, yeah, the the thing I want to to mention about an, analogies. And by the way, one other analogy I've also had or two. One is to express it mathematically, um, to say three persons in one God, rather than saying one plus one plus one, of course, one plus one plus one is equal to three. You can say one times one times one, the answer will still be one. In other words, it's one finding expression in three dimensions in that sense. Uh, that's to put it mathematically. But another um, ex uh, uh, analogy I've heard in an African sense is a woman, uh, and a tripartite role, if you will. She, she's a mother, she can be a mother, she can be uh, a wife, and she can be a daughter simultaneously. Uh, and at every point in time, she could be expressing herself either as the daughter aspect of her to her own mother or her own parents, or as a wife to her own husband, or as a mother uh, to her own children, as the case, a child or children, as the case may be. 
Um, but the issue with any analogy with most of the things of the spirit is we must also understand that every analogy has got its limitations. Um, even when Jesus gives parables or uses um, all these analogies to explain kingdom truths, that's why you would have to preach with so very many parables because one parable cannot do its justice all together. You see him saying that the kingdom of heaven is like this, or the kingdom of God is like this. And then he paints another story and paints another illustration because he's trying to bring out the different aspects that one single analogy can never fully bring out. Uh, so every analogy we've mentioned is brilliant and I love it. Uh, the, 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 the analogy of water in gaseous states, liquid state or, or, or solid state as ice, as the case may be, is that water cannot exist in all those three states at the same time. It's either you have liquid water to drink or you have gaseous water as gas that is just evaporating or you have your frozen ice. You can have an ice that is at the same time gaseous and at the same time liquid at the very same point in time. Um, so it, it, it which breaks down the mode of the Trinity because the Trinity is three people or three persons in one God that are perpetually active at the same time. You, it's not like where there is God the Father, then Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit are absent or they are on suspension. It's not like whenever God wants to manifest, he just packages himself into one of those channels and expresses himself as such, no. Um, if we look back to, to, to the creation story, for instance, let me share this, this slide and just read a passage in Genesis um, to buttress what I'm saying in that regard. In Genesis chapter one, the very opening uh, passage in the scripture, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I should say there that God there is actually a plural noun. Um, the word there is Elohim and Elohim is always in the plural in the Hebrew Bible. So it's almost like saying in the beginning, gods, but it's not gods because of course, those that translated the Bible understood that eventually the, the revelation we have throughout scripture is the revelation of one God. God will say again and again to the Israelites, the Lord, your God is one God. Um, but in that same passage, even in the next couple of verses, we already start seeing that this seemingly pluralistic singular God is finding expressions in different dimensions. It goes on to say in verse two, the heart was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God. Now we see one of those dimensions, the spirit of God was hovering upon, upon the surface of the waters. Then God said, in this case, the word for God in verse three and the word for God in verse one, there is that distinction in a sense to say like one aspect of Elohim, one dimension of God which is what we now know as God the Father, said, let there be light and there was light. And you might want to wonder where is Jesus in all of that? If by the time you take this and you balance it with John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was God. Verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. You find out that Actually, when God was speaking, he was speaking the word. So the word was there, God was there, the Holy Spirit was there. That's the Trinity, all acting simultaneously. First verse 26 of the same chapter, we're going to say, let us, plural, let us make man in our image, not images, in our image and in our likeness, not likenesses. Uh, and so there's always that myst mysterious um, blend between the pluralistic um, nature, as it were, or expressions, I should say, 
of God vis-a-vis -vis the fact that it's one God. So when we, when we talk about who is the Holy Spirit, we have to start from the fact that the Holy Spirit is God. And when we say he's God, we're not just saying um, he's junior God or he's God's stepbrother <laughs> or, or Jesus's younger one. No, the Holy Spirit is as God as God the Father. God the Father is as God as God the Son. God the Son is as God as God the Holy Spirit, if that makes sense. Um, we read the scripture yesterday in church um, from the book of Philippians, Philippians 2. I'm talking about Jesus on verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who, um, even though he had equality with God, Bible says, he did not think of that equality as something to grasp, but he, he willingly laid down his life and, and, and died even the death of, of the cross. And then he goes on to say he has got the name that is above every other name at the name of Jesus and all of that. But the point I'm, I'm making there is to say, even Jesus, the, the Paul was speaking by the revelation of the Holy Spirit there that he was equal with God. He had that equality. Everything that makes God God is fully resident in Jesus. So when we talk about Jesus, sometimes we, we talk about Jesus and easily think of that dichotomy of God is up there. Jesus is down there, at least in those 33 and a half years. But the fact is that Jesus that was down here is still God. <laughs> In the beginning was the word, the word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh. So God became flesh and dwelt amongst us and all of that. Uh, so it's in that same sense that we must think of the Holy Spirit. Every characteristic or attribute you can think of about God is true of God the Father, is true of God the Son, is true of God the Holy Spirit. They are all eternal. They are all omnipotent. They are all omniscient. They are all um, benevolent. They are all, every, every of all those attributes, they're all loving and love actually, because God is not only loving, God is love. Uh, and all of those dimensions, they are the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus says. And that is true of Jesus. That is true of God. That is true of the Holy Spirit. In specific, and the reason why we use all these terminologies, the Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, Spirit of Truth, whatever language, vis-a-vis -vis Jesus, vis-a-vis -vis God the Father, is often because over time we have come to observe that there is, as it were, a, a, a kind of um, functional differences. In other words, there are some roles that are unique to God the Father. There are some roles that are unique to God the Son. There are some rules and functions that are unique to God, the Holy Spirit. But we must start from that foundational understanding. The three are one, and that's God. So the first answer to the question of who is the Holy Spirit is, is God. is pure and simple God. Um, Matthew 3 is another instance in the Bible where this happened, the baptism of Jesus Christ. Jesus, God the Son, was in the water. Bible says that the dove, the spirit of God descended upon him like a dove. That's the Holy Spirit. And then a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That's God the Father speaking. And we can see the three of them active simultaneously at the same time in that same sense. When Jesus was going to give the great commission to his disciples, he says, go into the world, Matthew 28, verse 19, I believe, and preach the gospel baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus himself is handing this over, this three dimension, the full package, if you will, of the Godhead over to the disciples to say, when you go into the world, go 
and minister unto these people in the authority of all of what makes God God, in the fullness of the Godhead, if you will. Uh, and they went as such to do, to do the job. So the first question or the first answer to the question of who is the Holy Spirit is, is God. Now that we've laid that foundation, then we can begin to look at the different dimensions of functions, roles that are peculiar to the Holy Spirit in some sense, and that could give us some, I, some insight into who the Holy Spirit is. I should say um, as a caveat or, or disclaimer at the beginning that just like I said, I think I, I've actually entered on it. We, Sinatra sang a song, she said, the more I know you, the more I want to know you. When Paul was saying in Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. Anybody will look at Paul as of that time and the exploit he has had. I mean, this is someone as of the time he was writing that letter that, I mean, that was the letter to the Philippians. As of that time, he had seen as the roads to the Corinthians earlier, he said he had been, he said, I know a man who 14 years ago, whether in the spirit or in the flesh, I cannot tell, ascended into the third heavens and saw things that he couldn't even begin to say because the people he's going to be saying it to cannot comprehend it. I mean, that was how much of gracious privilege the Lord granted him to, quote unquote, know him. And yet he comes to a point in his life close to his death when he would say such a statement as that I may know him as though I don't even know him. Of course, that's not to say he doesn't know him, but just like Sinatra aptly puts it in that song, the more you know him, the more you are confronted with the ignorance of your ignorance about him, really, because we continue to know him more and more every single day. Um, so yeah, I just thought to, to also put that out there. Um, as we are making all of these um, conversations, I would want us to feel free to, I know that the Holy Spirit is perhaps the most quote unquote controversial of all the three persons of the Trinity. If there is any specific questions that you have always had about the Holy Spirit, feel free to, to pour it out. You can put it in the chat thread, you can decide to just unmute yourself and cut, jump in, cut in anyhow, I'm absolutely up for that. Um, okay, Sister Titi. I'm sorry. That's beautiful, go <laughs> It's like I'm this. Okay. Yeah. So, wow. Honestly, hmm. the way you said it now, with all the Bible I've been reading, if I want to ask me, who is the Holy Spirit? I won't say he is God. I'll say he's the spirit of God. Mm. who is jesus christ is the son of god mm. he, like the stereotypical it's just like nigerian nollywood yoruba movie industry okay. if you start as gatesman <laughs> if that gatesman you will be yeah. so it, yeah for a lot of us chris let, oh, let me speak for myself for me for example mm -hmm. even though i have that relationship with god at the trinity I, I know these things like the way you just said it easily it rolled off your tongue so easily who is the holy spirit is god like Mm. that's true he, no i know he's god but i'd rather say he's the spirit of god so is it that, that those their roles are so peculiar to each person that in our subconscious we've just is that a gatesman or your or that yeah, no. or your rich no. man or poor man or like that john chapter 4 verse 24 god is spirit mm. and they that worship him 
must worship him in spirit and in, truth. and in truth. So when we say the spirit of God, God the Father is the spirit of God. God the Son, Jesus Christ, is the spirit of God. God the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Even you, you are essentially a spirit that mm. has a soul and resides in the body. Again, tripartite nature, just like Ainsley was saying. But essentially, you are spirits. So the labels that had stuck over the years and over the centuries is often just for distinction's sake in terms of, like I was going to say, their responsibilities. Again, you will notice that we say the Holy Spirit. It's not only the Holy Spirit that is holy. Holiness is part of the attributes of God. God the Father is holy. Jesus is holy. God the Holy Spirit is holy. But it's only the Holy Spirit that we call the Holy Spirit. I was actually going to put that as a question for us later to say, why do you think that is? So I think I would still pause on the thoughts on that and ask that when we get to that point. Um, so really, it's, it's when I say the spirit of God, you know what I'm talking about. You know which aspect of the Trinity that I'm talking about. But the, the, the limitation of those labels is what you have just rightly articulated now, that it could become somehow in our minds as though, okay, the Godhead is this hierarchical structure whereby God the Father is somewhere at the top. Jesus is somewhere in the middle. The Holy Spirit is somewhere down there. But in actual fact, the Godhead is the Godhead. They are one. They are equal. They all agree. Bible says in First John, the three agree, the Spirit, the Word, and the Father. And the three, he says, they are one. It's so confusing <laughs> God through the son to <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we know they are yeah. one, but it's so confusing. Like yeah. you know, know, that's why it's a mystery. God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a mystery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And these questions, that kind of confusion is one of the things that got me into studying and going to like to dig and understand what, what uh it could be. Now, um, I'll give an instance with water. When you have water, and I'll have got a jug of water, but it's fine. When you get water and boil it and boiling points, it goes into gaseous form. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what God did was in the in the beginning, God created Adam as a spirit man. Sorry, I'm gonna just go through a little journey. God created Adam as a spirit man, and then he had a relationship. Bible says that Adam, God came down in the cool of the evening to so interact with Adam. I remember before then, before the beginning, before time, because God came from eternity. I don't know if any of you have thought about where is the beginning of the beginning. I've thought about that and I almost ran mad. I stopped thinking of it. So, you know, God came from eternity and he got to the point. And the Bible says that the spirit of God hovered around the earth. Do you understand what I mean? So he now got to Adam. Now, like Pastor said, every one of us are spirit beings. And because we are spirit beings, we have the spirit and we have our soul. Our soul tending to do what we want to do. Our spirit is the one connected to God. Yeah. And the reason why um, a, a, a bishop or any of will speak word and it will come to pass, and then maybe you speak a word and nothing happens, is because he has subdued his soul and then make sure that the spirit is the one taking over now it doesn't mean that we have that i have a junior holy spirit and bishop or have a senior holy spirit we both have the same holy spirit the only problem is that we are not harnessing our own god looked at it and said how can we we are all going to hell and then jesus came 
And Jesus said, These are people going to hell, but you know what? The devil, ah, ah, I forgot him. When they wanted to arrest him, they asked him, Who do you seek? He said, I, I seek Jesus of Nazareth. They all fell under the power, the, the soldiers. Yeah. And when they woke up, they asked him again, Who do you seek? He said, I seek Jesus of Nazareth. He said, Before you can seek these people, that means you need to allow Joseph, you need to allow Nathan, you need to allow Kingsley to go. And then you can take me. That was the point that Jesus took our sin and went to hell for us and went to die for us. So then God said, now the only way that I can accept you is if you can come to that camp of Jesus. Because we are all going to hell. But if you can come to that camp of Jesus, then his righteousness becomes your righteousness. So if you just accept God into your Jesus into your life, then my righteousness, Jesus, when God is looking at you, God is now because we are God is our head, is our husband, yeah. and then we are the wife, and then we are the tail, the church. Psalm 110 says, Sit on my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Now, because we understand that, if you understand that, you see that when God is looking at you, Titi, he's not seeing Titi, a black, beautiful woman. What he's seeing is Jesus. When he's looking at Joseph, he's seeing Jesus. When he's looking at kings, he's seeing Jesus. When he's looking at anybody that does what that believes in Jesus. He's seen Jesus. That is a point, the part that Jesus plays. You know, he came to save us from that Adamic nature, which we've lost. And now, as Christians now, when we've accepted Jesus, we now start breathing that spirit man in us. And now our body begins to fight us. And that's why you want to fast. The moment you say you want to fast 8 to 9, sorry, 6 to 9, you see that 9 o'clock looks so far. By 8 o'clock, you want to die of hunger because your body is fighting. But by the time you're able to subdue your body and make your spirit to be your leader, you see that you begin to walk according to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is now directing you. If you watch, the Bible says that when God came, he breathed upon the apostles when he visited them after, they, after he rose up. When he breathed upon them, he breathed the Holy Spirit on them. And then they now released the power on the Pentecost day. So these are the points at which it happened. So Jesus was there to help us back to the Father's heart because we are all heading to hell. And that's why a little boy, as long as, uh, as uh, little as he is, knows sin, even as much as they are born. But by the time we come to Jesus, Jesus takes away our sin. He said he took away our infirmity. He took away our sin. And that, that means that I am now confident that he am carrying the righteousness. So when the devil comes and tells me, Kingsley, remember you did this thing. I'll be like, no, 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 no. God has taken me from that point, And now I am in Christ Jesus. Absolutely. And that is where Jesus is working. So I think, uh, 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 I don't know if I, I was able to clarify some things, but I think the Holy Spirit, you know, does his own job and Jesus does his own job. But when we try to reason these things with our natural mind, to, to be honest, you're wrong, mad because I've tried to do it. And it's turned me crazy sometimes. Thank you very much, Kingsley. That's that's very helpful. <clears throat> um, yeah, that's that's the idea behind um, biblical. There are some things that are called mysteries in the Bible. They are not called mysteries because we can't understand them. They are called mysteries because they are secrets for us to understand. They are kept hidden from the people of the world for us to begin to gain insights into them. But again, like 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 um, Paul would say, we know in parts. We prophesy in parts. Um, there is going to be a time that would come when the scales will be fully removed and we're going to know all these things that we desire to know. 
But that is actually one of the very crucial role of, roles of the Holy Spirit, which we'll also get into, the ability to comprehend these truths, this um, scripture that we have and the truths hidden therein. Why? Because it's the author of the Bible. It's the author of the scriptures. Um, uh, uh, but before I jump to that, let me double click on some of the things Kingsley said, especially with regards to our redemption, which he had just beautifully narrated. Um, and the roles in which each of those parties are playing, God the Father. By the way, when we say Father, God the Father, the revelation of God as a Father did not even come until Jesus came. It was Jesus that began to talk about God as a Father that made us to know that, oh, actually, we have a Father. He keeps saying, your Father, your Father. When you pray, pray like this, our Father in heaven. Uh, Matthew 6, 8, uh, you don't even know what you need as much as your Father in heaven does um, and on and on like that so jesus brought that revelation of god as a father the israelites had always known him as god jehovah the covenant keeping god i am that i am uh, but when jesus came then we began to see that actually he desires a relationship and is a father that we can relate with but at the same time you read some part some part of the scripture for instance um Somewhere in the epistles, it was said that he dwells in an unapproachable light. And that's describing God the Father. How do you relate with someone who dwells in a light you cannot approach? <laughs> and, and part of how that becomes possible is through the Holy Spirit. Because that's the, if you will, expression of God that can be resident in us and we can conveniently contain. It's one of the, mis the, the, the beautiful things I like about the cultural Christian songs from my culture, um, when they start doing all these encomiums and praise of God, it's all of those paradoxes that they try to emphasize. The God that is so heavy that is as light as a feather. Imagine that kind of a paradox. He's so heavy that he's as light as a feather. In other words, he's so heavy you can't carry him, yet he's so light he dwells inside of you. Um, and that's made possible by the Spirit of God um, in that sense. Yeah. I think well, one Pastor, of the... there's a question down at the chat, please. Oh, good. Thanks. Thanks for calling my attention to that. Um, <clears throat> he breathed the Holy Spirit upon, I think upon us, but they stayed up in the upper, okay, upon the disciples, but they stayed up in the upper room out of fear until the power came upon them before they could go out to preach. It's just um, an additional thought to what Kengsi was saying. Does this mean that we could have the Holy Spirit and not be aware of his presence and efficacy in our lives as believers? Good question. Good question. And that, that leads us to one of the fundamental roles. When we say, who is the Holy Spirit? One of the fundamental answers we must have is that he's the life giver. is the one that bats us. If there is anybody that is truly a Christian, it is only possible because that person was born by the Spirit. John chapter 3, Nicodemus came to Jesus, and you know the long story, but when Jesus was going to begin to poke holes into his theological bubble, Jesus started asking him questions and, and saying things like, um, it, what is born of the flesh is flesh, but what is born of the Spirit is spirit. And the man was puzzled, okay, which one is born of the flesh, which one is born of the Spirit? He goes on to say, until you are born of the water and of the spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God or into the kingdom of heaven. And Nicodemus was even more perplexed. And Jesus will use yet another word, until you are born again. 
you are the kingdom of heaven is is not yours and what does that mean nicodemus asks does that mean i have to go back into my mom and jesus was like how come you're a teacher of the jews and you don't even know these things anyways he began to talk him through what that looks like he says that just like you can't see the spirit you don't know where he's coming from you don't know where he's going to such is those that are born of the spirit where i'm going is in reference to this question you can't be a christian except bible says the spirit of god draws you you can't be a christian except you have been born your mother if you will the one that labored and pushed you out if you will in a spiritual sense is the holy spirit jesus paid the price that makes that possible god the father accepted the sacrifice of jesus but it is the holy spirit that draws every single one every single one of us you know sometimes when we go on evangelism we are under pressure to get the person to come to jesus as if it is our responsibility no it's not yours yours is to go out there preach the gospel pray before you go pray as as and minister as god has led you to do but the job of winning souls is not for us it's the holy spirit that actually does the transaction that leads to the birth of a christian so is it possible to have the Holy Spirit and not be aware of his presence and efficacy in our lives as believers? The first point is, is even the Holy Spirit that made you a believer? But can you have him and not be aware of what you have? Absolutely. There, there are levels in every dimensions of the Spirit. And Paul is a very good case study for us to see what that could look like. How someone that was on one day he was so vehemently opposed to christianity and in just by the reason of an encounter everything changed so drastically that first he, was, he started asking questions what do i need to do to becoming the kind of person that will start instructing churches because god has used him to plant many of them across the world and writing letters to them as a father and saying things like i have traveled over you in prayer still christ be formed in you it's the spirit of God that did all of this work to not only bath him into the food, but also to continue to help him from one level of grace to the other. He will write to the Corinthians and say, I know I'm the least of the apostles, but I can also say that I have labored abundantly more than all of them, yet not high, but the grace of God that is at work in me. And one of the names of the Holy Spirit in the Bible in the New Testament is the spirit of grace, the spirit of grace. So when we talk about grace, immediately we think of Jesus. But what Jesus did and the application of what Jesus did are two different things. What Jesus did is done for the whole world. First John chapter two, I write unto you little children so that you will not sin, verse one. He says, but if you sin, verse two, you have an advocate with the father who has died for your sins jesus christ is the one of course is referring to then he goes on to say but not only for your sins but for the sins of the entire world what it's the price that is needed to be paid for any and everybody in the world to be saved today or anybody that will be born a thousand generations from now if jesus dies, the price has been paid but the application of that price the one that that shows you that hands over the receipt to you if you will to say See, the price has been paid. It's all yours. This new life, this better life, this relationship with the one that made it all, this access to the one that 
that is all in all and holds all in all, the one that sustains, the one in whom you should be living and moving and having your being, the access or the application to that access is granted by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Ghost, whatever name you want to call it. And so that's the first understanding that we must have. And the, the, the implication of that now is that we can communicate with him. I like this song. Um, I think it was Sissy Winans. I know my redeemer lives. And the reason why I like it was because there was a day I was listening to it. I was still in uni. And my best friend, who was my roommate at the time, he pointed my attention to a line at the very end of the song when it was already going to fade. The woman said something like, I spoke with him this morning. Like, I know that he lives, and not just because somebody told me or because I read it somewhere, but I spoke to him this morning. Like, I, I have a on, an ongoing conversation and relationship with him. That happens by the Spirit of God. Who is the Holy Spirit? Is the life giver. Is the bather <coughs> of believers, if you will. Is the one that, when the Bible says be born again, is the one that does that second bath for us by the reason of what God the Son, Jesus Christ, has done. And so how do we then move on to increasing levels of awareness of what is ours, our inheritance, that which, we, that which is freely ours in Christ? Because you see, every Christian on the surface of the earth today, myself inclusive, we are all equally blessed. We are all, we all have, as it were, the same weight of inheritance and spiritual wealth. But, and that's a big but, we are not all going to enjoy that inheritance equally. It is to the depth of our fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It is to the degree of our intentional relationship with the Holy Spirit that we will enjoy what God has got for us. It's not enough to... I mean, the end is not to be saved. It's not to give your life to Christ. That's not the end. That's actually the beginning to the end. The end is what you call it to be. The end is according to the degree of your faithfulness. The end is to the, to the degree to which you allow the spirit of God to sanctify you, to purify you, to make you into the image. Let's make man in our image, into that image, the image of Christ. That's the end. And that is an ongoing process. And it is the Holy Spirit that started it. It's the Holy Spirit that will perfect it. So remember when Paul was writing in Philippians 1, 6, he's being confident of this very thing that he that has begun a good work in you, the Spirit of God, he that has begun a good work in you will perfect it on the day that Christ comes again. In the next chapter, I would write to them and say, I want you to work out your salvation, which Jesus bought for you with godly fear and trembling. But it goes on and says, but it is God that works in you. The God that works in you is the Holy Spirit. It is God who works in you both to will and to, and to do of his good pleasure. So uh, even in this short exposition, which I didn't intend for this to be, I don't want this to be a teaching or an exposition. I want it to be a conversation and a discussion. But in this range of thoughts here and thoughts there, we have seen a wide range of expressions of the Holy Spirit. One is the one that backs us into the Christian fold. But beyond that is the one that facilitates our growth. 
And one of the ways it does that is because it's also the illuminator that illuminates the truth of God's word to us. And one of the reasons why he could do that is because he's the author of the scripture. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture are inspired by the Holy Spirit. Peter said um, something similar in his, in his epistle, that there is no scripture that is of private in, interpretation, for only men of God spoke as they were inspired by the Spirit. Sometimes I, I, I look at the Bible, and even before I started understanding anything whatsoever, it's just fascinating to have a book that it came to my awareness that this book was written by all sorts of, I mean, God used so very many contributors, about 40 of them, Bible scholars would say, that were writing over a period of like 4,000 years. And yet when you open your Bible and you're reading Genesis or, Reve or Revelation or, or First Peter, you can see the coherence. You can see as though Moses had sat down at some point with John the Beloved. Uh, and John the Beloved had a conference with David. And at some point, there was a, there was a minister's conference where Isaiah was talking to, to Jeremiah and was, was discussing with Daniel. Uh, Isaiah was, uh, is one of those prophets that really so fascinates me. If for no other reason, he single-handedly prophesied almost hundreds of prophecies about Jesus that were fulfilled to, to the letter to the letter, like spot-on prophecies. 700 years before Jesus was even conceived in the womb of Mary, he was beginning to talk about he would die when that means of assassination or execution had not even been invented. That is how, how profound this book that we call the Bible is. It's not just any book. So it, for me, I can always get excited just having it opened in front of me, knowing that this is not a common book. It's a privilege that I have access to this book that is authored by him. We talk That's about Bible. Yes, sorry to interrupt. There was something I heard this morning. There was something I heard this morning. Yeah. Um, about was either this morning or sometime this week about how uh, the Bible is. The Bible we carry is a library because mm. we have. Uh, in the olden days, you see that uh, in the time of Jesus and before Jesus, you have the scroll, and then somebody will have just Isaiah. If you read the Bible, you see where they say Jesus came into the temple and he was ruled, giving something to read, and he now read this is what was prophesied by Isaiah, the prophet, and all that, you know. And then, you know, it, it, we had those things. And then before uh, the move of God came to Europe and all that, they started doing the printing press. And then until what we have now. So the Bible is actually not a book, but like a library of 66 books where you carry. Because I've tried, I've tried to, um, you know, when you see you're reading the book of Matthew, for instance, you know, Matthew, I think it has eight chapters. You see, you see that that is a book that some people are writing. Like if you go to, if you go to write books in the, uh, in, if you go to uh, look at books, you know, by Pastor Joseph or like, is this opportunity from God? You know, maybe he has like five or six chapters. You can, so those are like Jude or like say first, first John and second John, you know, something like that. So even when the Paul, when the first uh, set of apostles were there, they had the people in Corinthians, they did not know what Paul was writing to the people in Ephesians because they had different books. The people in Ephesians, in a, did I say Ephesians, in Ephesus, 
and then the people in uh, uh, let me say in Philippia and in, in, in different places. Let me yeah. not mother the name of towns, but people in different places, Galatians and all that. They never knew. Well, before when we see Galatians chapter this thing, it's I I didn't understand until very recently, knowing that it's just like Paul saying, I Paul to the people of immense. Yeah, I rejoiced in my suffering and all that. Yeah. It's not encouraging now. The people in the men don't know what God is talking to the people in all changes, yeah, and all that. And if these people had the Bible in part and they were able to do the exploits they did, yeah. how about us that have the whole library in full? Some of us are not even reading our Bibles, we have it in full, but we're not even reading the Bible. And can I just chip in one thing about what the lady asked? Yeah. And Pastor, you've answered this excellently. You know, when you talked about the one we have the Holy Spirit, what Jesus did, you remember that Peter and the Manco, they were not born again. When Jesus died and resurrected, they were all scared and they went to a room. They were like, oh my God, because they, then the Romans and everything. So someone said he's the king of the Jews. They were following him. And I, this afternoon, I think I was discussing as well. Like, I normally discuss with my spirit, you know, try to just have some discussion. And one of the things I was talking about was like, could it be that Judas betrayed Jesus because he thought that Jesus is going to come and just do one wonder? All of them will be slain and then life goes on. And then the thing did not work out that way. Mm-hmm. You understand? Those are things, but that's by the way. So when God came, he greeted on them. Remember when God created man? He created, he molded us and what he greeted on us. And that's what made us the spirit man. And when man messed up, what happened? He died and he said, God, we died and we cut off communication from heaven. Uh, now, when the Holy Spirit now came on them, remember in the olden days, the Holy Spirit normally come on Samson and Samson did wonders and the Holy Spirit will go. He will come and this person will do wonders, he will go. But that Holy Spirit that convicted you to believe in Jesus is always there. And the only way for you to grow that spirit is by studying the word. Because there was something, there was a deep seek uh, there was something that I discovered again recently when I was studying. And I now understood what it means that the more you study this man, the more you study the world, the more this man makes himself. I don't know if he's a man, so there's a lot of people of I stand no? uh, that will say feminists now. The more we study the Holy Spirit, you know, the more he reveals himself more and more to us. So the person, you, the consciousness, you can you can be around there, you won't have that confidence. Uh-huh. And what it is is that if you have small faith, when things for big faith comes, you can apply the big faith. But when you do not utilize the small faith that you have, when things for big faith comes, you're going to be like, "Can I start testing this thing? Can I start? You can't test your uh, your your weapon in the in the at the face of war. You test it before war comes. So the more you engage the Holy Spirit, the more He tells you little things. God, God, Holy Spirit can tell you something in the Scripture. And then when you come to this kind of meeting, maybe Pastor Allah will just say the same thing. And you're like, wow, oh, actually, this is the Holy, the Holy Spirit. It used to happen to me in my other house. And I'll come out, I'll tell uh, Bishop Uche, I'll tell him, hey, Uche, look at this thing, look at this thing. Uche will tell me, do you know that this is the same thing I was there? And the Holy Spirit said I should move, walk out of the room and that I should walk out of the room. And when I walked out and you met me, I started telling me the same thing. It was like a confirmation. Now that thing will be like, I'll be like, oh, so that means this thought I had that I thought it was just me just trying to think too much. It's actually the Holy Spirit trying to 
you know, direct my path. And that means when I come to now bigger things, I can now say, Holy Spirit, I need money for this thing. And then you just see yourself is going to provide it for you and all that. I don't want to talk further again, but uh, <laughs> it's, been a, it's been an yeah. interesting contribution. Thank you very much. And I'm looking at the time. So what I would do now is <clears throat> trying to tie it together and then to ask if anybody has any question. Um, but where I'm hoping to land this conversation is Second Corinthians, and we started on that. Kingsley has also broached on that. Second Corinthians 13, 14. Many of us say it's when we are ending services in our churches, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, <clears throat> the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, or communion of the Holy Spirit, or as I love to say, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Rest and abide with us, or be with you all, Paul said, but we say, be with the rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Um, and I think what I want to stress really for us is, who is the Holy Spirit? The answer is, is inexhaustible. Who is my wife? I'm still getting to know her till tomorrow. Um, I think to some extent now, I can confidently say I know her more than I used to <laughs> uh, before we got married. Um, but yeah, five years down the line, I can look back and say, I think, I think I know you now. But then I'll be foolish to think that is all there is to know. Uh, in recent times, I've been seeing new chapters and in a book or in a in a section that I thought has finished. You know, books are also in sections, part one, part two, volume one. And I'm beginning to see that even the sections that I thought were concluded, there are still very many other paragraphs and chapters. And don't um, don't show your video, close it back. Show <laughs> your video, our marvelous. Um, so yeah, that's that's the that's the reality um, when we start talking about who is the Holy Spirit. The answer is not what we can discuss in 90 minutes of an mass meeting. Is, and that's why I want to stress that communion. We know the love of God. We, we understand to a good extent the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And God gave me an interesting insight into that English word fellowship. Um, beyond what the Greek word koinonia means. But... Uh, when I, I remember preaching a message back in uni, 2009 or 2010, and I was talking about fellowship to say, we are fellows in the ship of love, in the ship of God's love. Imagine you and the Holy Spirit being fellows. Of course, the Holy Spirit is not your mate and you will never be his mate. The Holy Spirit, don't forget we said is God. But this is God accessible. This is God, you could almost say God Portable. This is God that can be carried with you or that you can carry with you or even live inside of. It's a mobile house and at the same time your, your body is a mobile temple for him, which is again a mystery. How can you be living inside what is living inside of you? Think about that and you take forever to figure that out. But yeah, that's, that's where we are going. And how do you have communion with the Holy Spirit? How do you, when we say the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, what does that look like? Maybe, well, I'm looking at the time, I would have loved to hear a few thoughts to, to, from us to say, what, what do you think that looks like? Or what does that look like in your own context that someone else can learn from? Can we quickly take two or three contributions for that? The fellowship of the Holy Spirit in practical terms. Don't tell me the Bible says, tell me what you do. How have you tried to 
maintain, even if it's not consistently, but something that you, a practice that you've had at some point that has nurtured you in a season of your life that you knew I grew in this season because I had communion with the Holy Spirit, which looks like this, 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 this. Three contributors. Sister Ife is unmuting herself. Go for it. Surrender. Yeah. Um, so for me, to fellowship with the Holy Spirit has been to just let go. Mm. Just be willing to allow him to, I just believe he's, he's always there. So I just want you to talk to me. Don't keep quiet, keep talking. And I'm like, you know, I give it all. I, any little thing I'm doing, even if I'm walking, I'm like, I want to listen. Sister Anu said something to me that I would never forget. She's like, ask question. Mm. So when, when you ask question, it always comes back with a response. So now I want to always ask question and I want to always just let it go to say, just take over. You know, I can't even answer the question. Even the question I'm ask, asking you, I know you're the one telling me to ask. So start giving answer. <laughs> so I'm just letting go and just surrender. And I think that fellowship has been very good and is with faith. Uh -huh. So with faith, I've been able to just believe and say, I know. Mm. Every time through the process of having to want to wake up in the morning to read my Bible, having to want to be strengthened, to, to do every all, all my daily activities, having to anything I want to do, I just have that faith. Having to maybe want to read the old Bible, <laughs> maybe, you know, speak in tongues or something. I just know it will come. Mm. I just have that faith and keep yearning. So those are the three for me. Keep yearning because when you have faith and you're not panting towards it more to say, I really want it. You're yeah. not like giving it everything to say, see, if the, sometimes I know sometimes it might not feel like you, you want to do that. Yeah. But there's this desire that you have to give. You just have to keep panting. And that's the three for me, basically, that's helping to just keep fellowshipping. Let go, ask questions, desire, yearn as the deer pants after the water. So my soul follows after you. Uh, yeah, those are very interesting. Thank you for making it practicable enough. Two more contributors and we're wrapping up. We're, we're at the end of it, I, I promise you. Um, There's someone on the chat. On the chat. Oh, yeah. Okay. My chat thread is somewhere on the edge of my wide screen. Don't mind me. Um, it says, <clears throat> by the way, earlier on, if I called the Holy Spirit, and that's a Yoruba word, which means the one who sees both inside and outside, and at the same time, is the one that understands the intent of your heart. So, very beautiful portrayal of the Holy Spirit there. Hebrews 4 12, the word of God is quick and powerful, piercing to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and revealing the intent of the heart. You see that that spirit is the spirit of the word, the word being Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited. Actually, that's one of my points. The Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited. When Jesus was on the surface of the earth, if Jesus is in Galilee, he's definitely not in Jerusalem. If Jesus is in Jerusalem, he's definitely not in, in Greece. <laughs> but now with the Holy Spirit, you can be 
everywhere at the same time. He's ministering to Kolala at the same time that he's ministering to Titi at the same time that he's talking to Busola and directing Victoria and every single one of us, really. Um, so G the Holy Spirit is Jesus Unlimited. It's the spirit of truth, the spirit of the word. Thank you for that. And then Victoria Madu goes on to say, he's a still friend who tells me, do you think you need this, especially when I'm heady, when I'm trying to be stubborn? He's a beloved lover. And that love relationship, that's it for me. He's also a gist partner. I love all those um, interesting um, allusions. A gist partner, a gist partner, someone you can gist with, yeah? Your husband is not ready to listen to your gist, gist with the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit will give you the insight into how it can make your husband to start gisting and listening to you. Anyways, okay, so that's not me, right? We're Hi. writing exam, just <laughs> tell him. <laughs> I'm just being, I just want to use like this morning while writing my exam, how yeah. the communication was going and yeah. how it was very funny. I was just like, what am I going to write? <laughs> you know, what is this? What, as in, you're just talking. Okay, I've done this. So what else? What is there? Just talk. <laughs> how sweet, how sweet that is. When Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. It's not arbitrary. And until you begin to get to that point, Evangelism will not be difficult because if you truly have benefited from something that has benefited you, like no strings attached, you want to let others in on that. It's what drives what I try to do, my wife and I, with all the young people in our lives because we have tasted and seen. It's, that doesn't mean we have grasped everything there is to grasp. But even the tiny little crumbs of experience that we have experienced on days when you, you are looking at your bank account and your account has literally entered into negative and you are you know that in your bank they'll be charging you five pounds for every day that your account stays in negative and yet there is a need somewhere that needs to be met and you want to be a blessing to that person and the lord makes a provision that is just so on point that not only does your account leave negative but you're still also able to make or be a blessing to someone else without stress, without pressure, without you feeling, oh God, what is going to happen? That kind of experience, that kind of peace, you don't want to keep it to yourself. If it could be bottled, wrapped, packaged, and shipped around the world, you want to do that. And the interesting thing is exactly what the Holy Spirit is trying to do is accessible anywhere and everywhere at the same time. Um, so yeah, that's, that's beautiful. One final contribution about what you do practically to sustain or maintain communion and fellowship with your listeners. All right, I would like to say something. Okay, so um, there are a lot of practical experiences though, but I'm just trying to, you know, think about anyone that is recent. Mm. Um, I remember for now is like, that still, that's, I want to share about the exam because we talked about the exam was um, in my university days in school, in my children level, there was this course that, you know, um, the past questions we saw, it was just half of A4 paper. And mm. we already did that just like maybe four questions. So we already felt like, okay, four questions, I'll be able to, okay, it was five questions answer four. Mm. But when it was our turn, oh my God. <laughs> they now brought a full A4 paper, Jesus. And the questions were about, it was now divided into four sections yeah. and it was four, four questions in each section, making 16 questions all together. Yeah. And it was answer all. 
And if for those people that are in the medical field, they would know understand gross anatomy. They would know how gross anatomy yeah. is, and you, it's just something that's. And in the exam, I had already right from secondary school, I'd already said that I was not going to be talking in the exam. It's just myself and God in the exam one. I've been doing that since my work in secondary school. Mm. So in that exam, and that exam was, uh, if, if I fail that course, I'm going to repeat for a year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how am I going to do that? There's no carryover in nursing. Mm. You repeat that, repeat all of that. I was like, how am I going to? So in the exam, I was just like, okay, fine. I was blank. The whole thing that was inside my head, when I saw the question paper, they started playing ball. I could not even figure out anything. That I, <laughs> I could not even figure out anything again. So I was like, okay, at this point, what will I do? I wept small. I would cry small. Holy Spirit, yeah, Dale, you could come and say I should not talk. I will not talk, oh, but you know I cannot fail. I was talking to him like that, that you can't, you already promised me that if I could rely on you, I, you won't fail me. It's not possible. So just tell me, what should I write? So I was writing the something that was not related. I was sure writing. After, after a point, I will stop. If I'm blank, I will try to be calm, to rest. There was a time that one of you, the, the examiner came, why are you not writing? I said, when I don't know what to write, think, call. I was like, just try, just try, just try. So the Holy Spirit was bringing things, even though to me it seems like these things are not related, but at least it was bringing things to me and I was writing. I mm. didn't write much anyway, but at least I wrote it and I was like, okay, now this is the end of it. And I submitted. After the exam, I wept, I, wept, I cried, but I was still having that um, consolation from the Holy Spirit that don't worry, don't you trust in me? Like he was communing with me like a friend, like, Someone like like you have your physical friend there, so it's the presence of the Holy Spirit feels so real. It's real. Absolutely. It's real. So, so that time, and fortunately, when the results came out, I passed the course, wow. and I was even so with that last song. Sorry, I used the word last song. With that only, it's it's, um, it's an evidence for me that eh, eh, who would tell me that nobody can talk me out that the Holy Spirit does not exist. Nobody. Because I've tasted and I've known. Then something happened recently in church that my last card, I felt the Holy Spirit told me that, why can't you just drop this for me? I think there was a project on going in church. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I drop this thing, how will I survive for the next one week? I was like, don't you trust him? I was like, I trust you now. So drop it, okay? So in faith, I dropped it. And before the end of that day, I received three times what I dropped that day. Mm. As in, I felt like, oh, beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. This morning, my sister and I were talking, we were just talking. She was telling me that she wanted to pay her tithes in church on Sunday. And because if she pay, pay her tithes, what will be left is not, is not enough to, to last her for a week. So she was contemplating, should she pay the old tithes? And sometimes I was saying like that, just pay half of the tithes now. And when she was about making the transfer, she she was about making the transfer of half of the tithe. So she was like, the only we talked to her that, wait, don't you t- trust me? Are you trying to rob me and all that? That was when she just typed the whole something and made the transfer. Okay. That day she received a call of, like she got more than what she has. She, she mm. does this um, affiliate marketing and all that. She got more, she sold more products than she had been selling wow. previously for the past days and she throughout that week throughout this week she was just getting calls of people buying more products than before so it feels so you know and you know and another thing i want to talk about finally is that the that's on 
things that seems little minor that mm. we may not really count and they are really really important like mm. there was a time my friend was going out he had two ATM card one for um, first bank another for GTC GT bank so he was going out to a restaurant so he picked just um the GTC the first bank because he had enough money in the first mm. bank account but he, he had that knowledge from the Holy Spirit that why not pick pick your GT bank ATM card I was like why do I need it for the money there is not even it's not much maybe just five thousand or ten thousand naira that I don't really need it I have enough money here and the Holy Spirit was like pick this thing okay he just picked it and he got to the place they denied him access on his first bank first bank account he could not pay with that ATM card yeah. and that was why he had to use it he was not even sure of the amount that was in the GT bank yeah. account and he just had to use it and he was able to pay because of and he had already ordered for the meal and everything so that was how i was able to pay with the gift and it was like what if i had just said no mm. like uh, and, and you know so many things this bit is sweet though it's just just a companion just as jesus made yes thank you so much Damilana. that's that's really refreshing i think that's a beautiful note to, to to wrap it all up and really if we should all start talking i know that we have just a wide range of chronicles to share. The book of chronicles would be too small compared to the chronicles of God's faithfulness in our individual lives. Because every, every thread of those testimonies is packing up all sorts of memories, recent and distant, even for me, myself, and I know he's doing the same for us. All that's to say this, who is the Holy Spirit? Is the one that wants you to know him. And it makes that possible. He's already resident in you if you are one of his child or children. If you're a child of God, if you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit. One of the um, misconceptions in some circles, especially in Pentecostal circles, is some people would say, until you can speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. No. The point is, have you given your life to Christ? That is only possible because the Holy Spirit was involved in that and made it happen. So you have the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1 13 to 14 goes on to say that after you have heard the good news, you received the Holy Spirit as the seal, is the seal of that salvation experience, is an assurance and a foretaste of the things that are to come. The Bible is clear about that. So you have him and start talking, start asking questions, start making out time to gist with your gist partner. Yongicho wrote a book and titled it, Holy Spirit, My Senior Partner. Is your partner, but your senior, your senior partner. You see, fellows in the ship of love, fellowship. So is your fellow, but your senior fellow, um, and he wants to relate with you. And on that note, I would just <clears throat> ask us to take a moment to just talk to him right now, right now. Maybe there is something that has been bothering your mind. Um, it could be a need, personal need, or a need that someone else in your world has that you've just been wondering how I wish God could just intervene in this matter. Express what it is, that burden. Your burden might be in, why is it that God is slow to act? Why is it that that good person is going through this challenge? Why is it that COVID-19 is claiming the lives of both good and bad people? Why is it that India is going through what they are going through now? Why is it that I'm yet to have someone come ask my hand in marriage. Why is it that the child is yet to come? Whatever that could look like, just begin to talk to the Holy Spirit right now and open up yourself. It doesn't end, of course, in this meeting, but open up, maintain a posture of, I want to listen. 
I'm, I'm going to let go, like Sister Ife says, and, and just have you speak to me. And then get your journals ready. If you don't have a journal yet, get one or open an online Evernote or whatever and find a place to begin to chronicle the things that God will be speaking to you about. The Holy Spirit is real. No doubt about that. Not just from my testimony, but from the mouths of two or three witnesses. The Bible says the truth shall be established. And we have, we've seen people bear witness to that here tonight. The Bible says it is the fool that will say in his heart, there is no God. Because the evidences are, they are just too overwhelming, even to the person that has not yet heard of the gospel. God is everywhere for us to see. And his spirit is available for as many of us as will be willing to begin that relationship, that communion, that koinonia, that intercourse with him. Thank you, Jesus.